Hey, my name's Emma. Hey, my name's Maddie. And you're listening to The Pilot's Pandemic. Hey guys, before we get into this week's episode, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a safety advisory. This is a trigger warning. Some of the language or content used in this week's episode may be found as disturbing or harmful to one's self, aka triggering. Be advised and please proceed with caution. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Pilots Pandemic. You're here with Emma and Maddie. Hey guys, what's up? And we are going to kind of jump back into what we were talking about on not the previous episode with Cora, but the one before. Um, So we're going to do another news-related segment today, um, specifically about the Grand Forks plane crash that happened in UND student pilot. Um, So we actually have some, I don't know, it's breaking news, isn't it, Maddie? Yeah, it's breaking news. So we have a headline right here that I want to read to you guys. It is UND pilot was dealing with mental health concerns and TSB report finds no mechanical problems in the fatal UND crash. Boom. That's like a a mic drop. Yeah. And and we've been we kind of knew that I feel like. Like, yeah, we and everyone was alluding to it, but we had to really tattoo around the subject because, you know, they asked everyone not to speculate. We wanted to be respectful of that. But now that, you know, we do have more truth, um, I think this kind of opens the door to have an even larger conversation about this this fatal event at UND. Yeah. And I and I what I really think is this headline is something that you normally don't see like it's something that in my mind is huge and acknowledging that pilots are having issues with their mental health and no one's talking about it um so today we're going to go through the article by grand forks herald and kind of just like relay some of the messages because me and emma have been talking about it and a lot of the times the news reporters don't really understand pilots and what they go through for their medical and so when they're reporting it can seem a little twisted um so i'm going to read just like the first part of the article it says robert cross dean of aerospace at und said administrators were previously unaware of any mental health issues student pilot john hauser may have been dealing with but hauser's family confirmed that was the case the official cause of the crash will be made known when the NTSB releases its final report, which could take up to a year. So I think that the family coming out and confirming that John had a mental health issue is massive because I think most of the times when a pilot commu- commits suicide, the the family has so many questions and they have no idea about the mental health status so it becomes that much easier for the ntsb just to to sweep it under the rug and be like this is just pilot error but if the family is vocal about this it makes it way harder for the ntsb to just say it was pilot error yeah and i i commend the family for being outright and forthright about it you know like we said we don't know much about the family but um, 
if they are involved in aviation, I know this had to be a big step for them. Um, because obviously, even though Maddie and I talk about this and we have a podcast and we've got this whole platform, it still is taboo. Um, so I have a lot of respect for the parents for coming out and saying that. And also, like you said, Maddie, that's a big freaking deal. That headline is pretty shocking. I mean, when was the last time you've seen a, a headline like that? Me, are you rarely like? You, I don't, you don't think see it. Yeah, I want that to come out. Yeah. So it's like when you attach those two together the public also asks questions. And that's why I think it's so big um, to see that. And it affirms people's feelings around pilot mental health too. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious, which I guess, you know, we're gonna know more week after week. And that next report may take up to a year. Um, but I'm curious to see what the family says and what the school um, says coming forward about this and how John was flying with an undisclosed mental health issue, um, depending on what that issue was. And we know this is happening all the time, depending on the severity of it. We know this is happening all the time. It's the main reason we have this platform. Um, you know, I, I it, it's sad because I'm, I'm so do you do you hear this? I can't hear this in the background. Stuff. Okay, guys, <laughs> I have, crazy? yeah, they're actually going insane right now. Um, I think they're feeding off of my energy right now. <laughs> but the, the sad thing about this and what I see, and I know you see it too, Maddie, is, you know, pilots are flying with und- undisclosed mental health issues, but flying seems to be the only thing that gives them a sense of joy. It, it seems to be one of the things, maybe not the only thing, but one of the things that is giving them their sense of joy and, you know, helping them. I don't know. It's, it's a sense of happiness. Um, I know for yeah. me, like I, I love flying. Like I could be having a shit day. And when I go flying, like it's, it's honestly, it's like meditation for me. Um, it's, yeah, it's the like one, one place. thing that you can just like latch on to where you can actually find happiness. Like I feel I've heard that from many pilots, like the only place I can find true happiness amongst all this mental health issue that's going on with me amongst the anxiety and the stress is in the cockpit and flying. So I, the undisclosed part of it, it's like, he's not the only one that has an undisclosed mental health issue. There are so many aviators that fly with an undisclosed mental health issue and they may not even know they have a mental health issue or they may want to get help. And we call it undisclosed because they're not actually going to seek the help to have a diagnosis with their mental health issue. So in that way, they can just remain anonymous. Yeah, yeah. And if, you know, John actually did if this was an act of self-harm you know that that is a very dramatic case of undisclosed mental health issues but I guarantee there's a lot of people out there that are just dealing with a, a general anxiety disorder or maybe undiagnosed ADHD there's there's a huge pot of really minor mental health issues that do make an impact on your day-to-day life but may not be a danger to you and and flying um yeah so it, it, I don't know it just makes me sad I I've heard a lot of people say you know if, if I'm gonna die like I, I I'd want to you know go in a plane crash I'd want to be doing what I love and I I'm curious if that was his thought yeah 
Um, so do you want to read the next part of the, the article? Yes. Yeah. So is you said if it's cross, right? Kraus, cross. Yes. Kraus, Kraus, who cares? <laughs> Kraus. Kraus said there were, quote, no warning signs prior to the crash and that Hauser was an outstanding student who had good grades and was progressing through UND's program. Kraus said that it was difficult to look back and determine what Hauser was thinking at the time which fuels speculation about the crash. So I just found, like we were saying, what was yeah, he, you know yeah, what I mean? And I, I found that interesting because it's like, that's usually what people say. They're like, well, I like with suicide in mind, like most people are like, there were no warning signals, but it's like, I found this a lot with people. They're like, well, why did they do it? What were they doing before? How come no one saw this? And it's like, you guys, these aviators are stealth. They know how to hide their mental health problems. They yeah. have to do it. Like there's, there is a mask and most people hide behind jokes and laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, it makes me think of um, Robin Williams. Um, yeah. A lot of comedians commit suicide and you're like, well, oh, I thought they were happy. Um, so there is no like right way that depressed peoples or people with mental health look. They, yeah. everybody looks different so the fact that they said that I was like there's not I don't know what warning signals he he would think would John would have in this case and just from um, our episode that dropped today um, with Cora it's like there are signs but you have to really be cued in to see them yeah like you said Maddie about that mask that all these pilots are wearing you you really don't it's it's so hard to see these signs in people because like you said all those traits are different with my uncle you know when it first happened i think that was the question well there weren't what 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 were the warning signs and you start to learn more and more and then it you kind of can piece those the pieces of the puzzle together but you're really not sure what that looks like a lot of the times until it actually happens, which is super sad. And, you know, through educating yourself and through gaining awareness, you can see some of those warning signs before it's too late. But that's why educating yourself is so important. Um, but, you know, and it might it might come through that joy, like you were saying, like comedy, but it yeah. could be coming and it could be, you know, expressing itself in anger um Mm -hmm. it could be expressing itself in you know you see somebody partying drinking a lot distractions working super hard um like we talked about with Cora so those are all things to look out for this episode is brought to you by visit Williamsburg In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. But I wanted to read you guys some background on John's, like, just a little bit of background on John. Um, We talked about it on the last episode, but John already had his private license before he came to UND. Cross said, quote, through, though he wasn't sure which school or flight academy he attended, um, but it said of the 250 hours needed for commercial aviation, 
Hosser had 133 hours on top. And this is, this is what this news quote says. So I'm just quoting this from the news article. So he had 133 hours on, on top of what he had flown for his private pilot's license. So we're really not sure how many hours he had, but that is a decent amount of flight time. Um, I mean, 133 hours, that's that you're, I feel like they, they always say that's the, the window is between a hundred and 300 hours is when, um, I guess they see a lot of fatalities in general aviation, but, you know, I would, I would beg to say that at 133 hours, you do have a pretty good base understanding of flight and, you know, what is expected out of you. If he had to go to a check ride to get his private pilot's license, I do believe that he was probably very competent, competent, more than competent, especially because, you know, like we said on the last episode, his CFI signed him off for this flight. Yeah. Um, so that's something to think about as well. Not that it's the CFI's fault, but, you know, you do that I'm safe checklist. You, you do all these checklists to make sure you're okay. And I feel like we could really elaborate on those checklists in there. I feel like CFIs need more tools to be able to spot certain behaviors, especially, you know, I don't know how closely he was working with his student. If John was time building, um, he probably wasn't flying too often with his instructor, but, you know, I'm curious if, if any of his, uh, you know, classmates or anyone that is close to him will come out and say anything because like you said, like there were no warning signs. Um, but I'm just yeah. curious how we can start to catch these things sooner. Well, and of course, through aeromedical reform, we can because people will be able to go seek help. But it's just, it's sad. I don't know. Yeah. And I also think like, you know, as a flight instructor, your job isn't to like look out and for your your the mental health of your student you know like that's not what you're thinking about and I feel like flight instructors you know they already have a heavy load on their shoulders like with all the students that they have and flight hours and they're probably applying to to regionals or to some other and their job. own mental and health mental health so I think when you have a lot because the pandemic has brought out a lot of ang- anxious patterns among people and and really stress people out it becomes exponentially harder for them to look at someone else and be like, hey, I see that you're having an issue because they maybe have mental health struggles. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I think about too is like his CFI was probably not equipped to even tell if John was having an issue. Um, I don't think most CFIs are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they they shouldn't have to be. That's the thing. They shouldn't Mm -mm. have to be equipped. Like these, these are the issues that are going on because of the FAA protocols and medical standards. Um, so I was going to go on to read the the part of the article um, that mentions his family setup. So shortly after his death, Hauser's family established Johnny Hauser Mental Health and Aviation Initiative Fund with the UND Alumni Association and Foundation. And this fund can be found online at undalumni.org backslash John's Fund. As of Monday morning, more than $20,000 raised for the fund, um, which is amazing. Honestly, I, I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. Um, and it will be interesting to see how UND is that, that money. Um, but if you guys are unable to donate money to the alumni um, organization, 
we ask that you sign the Pilots Pandemic petition in lieu of donations. I wanted to read this to you guys, but it is the quote or the article goes on to say, a problem in particular to aviation, Cross said, is that pilots don't really want to see a doctor and they, quote, really don't like to go see a therapist, end quote out of the concern that they may be grounded for a medical or mental health issue. Okay. That's, <laughs> that, that sentence makes me so mad. <laughs> it makes me angry because I'm like, y'all literally set up like the, and you know, who knows, which we do have that quote. That's what Cross said was they really don't like to go see a therapist. That's so far from the truth. <laughs> Yeah, and I it's so far from the it truth. It sucks that he like this article too. You guys have to remember, like they're not going to call out the FAA. They're not going to call out the NTSB because they have their own, you know, priorities with what they want the public to hear and see. And so, what's so frustrating because Emma and I talk about this all the time is that pilots do want help. They do want to be able to go see a therapist. They don't have the opportunity to do so because the FAA makes it so hard that. And they threaten them with taking their medical. So that's why they don't get therapy. It's not because they don't want to go. Yeah. And I I see, I've had people comment on, on my page, you know, they're, you know, that line of, well, if somebody needs therapy, then we should put into question their medical. We should put into question their license. Are they safe to fly? All right. I want to pose an example for you. Myself, my dad died four years ago. I haven't been able to go to therapy. I haven't been able to talk to a counselor because of my grief and I'm literally grieving. Like I lost my father. And then on top of that, I lost my uncle. And so you have this combination of death that has happened in my family. And you think that like any other person who would be dealing with that would go and get help because if it feels right, you should be able to do so. But I haven't been able to do that. Um, And I would love to go speak to a therapist or a counselor to help me navigate through my grief. Um, You know, grief isn't something that looks like a, you know, a book and you just read it and it's done and it's closed and the grieving's over. Grieving lasts your whole entire life. I know you know that, Maddie. And there, it's just, it's sad to me. Like that, just that quote alone really, really disturbed me. It made me really sad because again, it just makes pilots seem it alludes to that that mask that facade the fact that pilots aren't human that we have to be perfect but literally no one is yeah and I I wanted to touch on because you you made a like super important point like you should be able to get help before it gets bad and as someone who's worked in the medical field as a dental assistant I work um I work with people getting preventative health care for their teeth like you have to go and get cleanings every six months for your teeth. Otherwise you get a bombed out tooth and you might have to get a root canal. Uh, this is the same for your brain. Like, why are you not allowed to have a six month, every six months, go and see a therapist or every month, go and talk to someone. It doesn't matter how often, but it should be looked at as preventative care and, and not looked at as like, oh, once you have a major mental health problem, then you can go get help. 
Yeah. Yeah. And th- that's so true. It's like, I honestly, which just is my own personal opinion, but I feel like every single person should go talk to like a counselor at least a few times during their lifetime, yeah. because you'd be really shocked. And I think you and I both like we self therapize a lot. I think because we are super self-aware, we've got our journals, we know how to like figure out what's triggering certain feelings. But for some people, you know, it might be driving down the road and you get this like insane, like, it's like somebody squeezing your stomach and you're like, okay, well, I ate today. You're thinking, why does my stomach hurt? Do I have food poisoning? And then it'll just go away randomly. And a lot of people aren't keen enough to like think, okay, am I, ha- is there something going on right now that could potentially be giving me stress or anxiety? And the the thought of not knowing, okay, well, why does my stomach hurt? Now I've got these three other tasks that I have to do today and I feel ill. I don't know why I feel ill. Now I'm anxious about why I feel ill. Yeah. So it's You just like, start compounding all of the issues and you make it worse that way. And it, yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter if you had a perfect childhood, you've had a perfect life. It, there are still things that, I mean, your physical can, health can trigger issues with your mental health. Um, so, and, and that's a huge one for pilots because, you know, we've talked about it before you're sitting, you're stressing. It's a lot of, a lot of the time, like, I mean, I know I did most of my flight training in the middle of summer in North Carolina in an unair conditioned airplane. That is, that takes a toll on your body. Now there are CFIs that are doing that every day, all day, like, like for a year and and you have to think about the toll that that puts on a person's body um and how that is going to affect mental health it is yeah yeah good point um so I was going to read this last part of the article um and guys this is not like the full full article but just talking points that we really wanted to to point out so It says, when it comes to mental health, conditions including psychosis, bipolar disorder, and severe personality disorder disqualify a pilot from obtaining a Federal Aviation Administration medical certificate, according to the FAA's website dealing with pilot mental fitness. Krauss said Hauser was not affected by those conditions, but the stigma against seeking counseling for a mental health issue remains, and Krauss said UND is working to address it. So I feel like they they've had a lot of time to address it because UND has had a prior suicide student pilot suicide 10 Mm -hmm. years ago and nothing has changed on the mental health front for that school after that pilot suicide. Um, And also it can't just be UND that addresses this issue. It, it, it literally, this all boils down to the FAA and this is the FAA is doing it's their responsibility yeah, and like with UND, it's like, okay, well, you can set a precedent at your school for mental health, but if a pilot seeks health care, mental health care, and it's on their record, and somehow someone wants to call their mental health into question, that will be on their record, and the FAA can do that. And so UND really has no power over a pilot's medical being pulled or not pulled due to seeking uh, therapy. Um, and, and they're trying to say that they're trying to do work, but they can't do any work. The FAA, like you said, Emmett, the FAA has to do the work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's like, I, I think, like I keep 
said, like I've said, I think really good things are going to come out of this, but at the same time, like just what he said in the, in the previous statement, it's just, it's like, that's so damning to say, because you, the public is reading this article. And I think that's been the big thing for us is breaching that, that gap from the aviation community to the gen like general public and when the general public reads a statement like that it it just creates like another stigma in their mind that oh my god look at what happens when when a pilot is dealing with mental health and yeah they didn't want to go because they were afraid they'll lose their license so they killed themselves and they could have harmed somebody else because that's exactly where the public takes that kind of stuff um yeah, so i really i um, I just feel like that happens all the time. Every time there's a pilot suicide, but it always has to be in a plane. Um, not, yeah. We don't, we're not even mentioning all the pi- pilots that commit suicide at home. Um, I mean, your uncle is one yeah. of them, but it's yeah. just, it does stigmatize mental health for pilots in that way too, by always claiming that when they have a mental health issue, they commit suicide because that's not true either. That is like a last ditch effort uh, because they've not been able to get help. Like think, when I think about John doing it, if that was the case, if he committed suicide because of his mental health issue, like how far like back did he go? Like how down was he to do that to himself? And like, people don't think about that. Why pilots do these things um, when they have a whole career ahead of them. Like he was such a young man and uh, he had so much potential and like Krauss said, he was very smart, very attentive in school. Um, he was a great pilot. Um, so that's the frustrating part is that the the public doesn't doesn't see it. Oh, like he could have gotten help prior to this, and this wouldn't have happened. That's yeah. what I want to point out. It's not yeah. that oh, we shouldn't allow pilots with mental health issues to fly. No, that creates a huge stigma. And then that creates the, oh, I'm not going to disclose. Yeah, yeah. Another thing on that list when he said, you know, the list of things that disqualify you from that FAA medical, like another one of those guys that is super common is ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I want to yep. think, I, I, I know there have to be a handful of you out there. I know there are. I know there freaking yeah. are. Do you, nobody, like what? And like you said, it is, it's such a last, last ditch effort. It's like, I know, you know, it's different because my uncle was much older and it's very sad to think, you know, he was, John was extremely young. Like what, how bad did it have to be for him? And I know for my uncle, I feel like part of the thought process there was like, you know, I, I just don't. I'm, I'm, I feel like it's almost like that thinking of maybe it's that you feel so bad and you know that you need to get help, but the only thing that brings you happiness is flying your career. And you know that if you get help, you'll never be able to fly again. And there may not ever be a day that you'll be able to fly again. And then it's like, what do you have to live for? I think that's the, I think that's the thinking behind it. I know at least for my uncle, I do feel like that was the thinking behind it because even with my dad, when, when all his heart issues happened, I saw that a lot in him. It's like, if I don't, if I don't get my medical back, he had other joys in life, but that was one of his main joys in life. And I saw that pain in him. I saw it. And it's just, 
it's sad. It's sad. It's so sad how people will take their own life if they feel the threat of their dream being taken from them. Well, like you said, Emma, it was where pets in the, you know, the Decembers of their lives is in the sky. Like the only place of happiness is flying. So then they have to like, think about, okay, well, I have this mental health issue. If I get help and I know I need help, then I'm not going to fly. And then if I don't have that one happy spot in my, in my life, then what is my life? Yeah. Mm. God, it like, it kind of makes me, it makes my eyeballs a little bit wet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's really sad guys. And again, we want to emphasize, be respectful to John's family right now during this time. And we give our most sincere condolences to the Hosser family during this time. Um, but guys, because of this, again, we've received such an influx in signature count. Um, every day we're getting more signatures. I mean, it's like every hour we're getting a signature and we're all the way to Oh, drum roll. Oh, we're at 7,200 signatures, guys. It's like literally all we have is 300 to get to the 75. And you know what that means, guys. We are closer than ever to being seen by somebody in Congress, our decision maker, which is Sam Graves. Sam Graves. Yes, Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for that. So, also wanted to remind you guys about the prize giveaway when we on November 15th it's my 33rd birthday I'm giving away a $200 raffle prize um, and hopefully we'll get to 7500 by my birthday that's like the main goal the prezi I want for my birthday Um, so how you enter one petition signature is an entry or if you donate a dollar for every dollar you donate that's an entry as well Um, And then me and Emma will do a randomized drawing on the 13th. And we will not announce the winner because we want to keep it confidential unless the winner wants us to. So everything remains anonymous just for confidentiality purposes. Pilots, you you can resonate with that. Um, So we are excited for that. We'll draw it on November 13th. And then I will send over that 200. Nice. And guys, you know, if any of this story like makes your heart hurt if any of this moves you in a way that gives you some kind of emotion remember that maddie and i have drafted that congressional letter and it's on our website so if this makes you mad if this makes you upset if this makes you sad literally all you have to do is go on our website you take the 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 word document you copy and paste it. All you have to do is in the bottom, it'll have Maddie's name. And that's your template for you to put your name, your state of residence, etc. So again, if this pisses you off, you know what to do, guys. So remember to rate, like, review, subscribe to the show. And as always, keep the blue side up and the brown side down, y'all. <laughs>